All that that would be our prayer today, and it, actually it just was. Holy Spirit, would you lead us and draw us and guide us and teach us today? Lead us into all truth as we uh, prepare today to receive of your word. God's word is good. Amen. You ready to receive of God's word today? I am too. I am too. Well, let's get going uh, today. I'm going to ask my trusty assistants if they would help me again today. We have another handout that I want to be able to uh, give to you all as we go through today's teaching. Um, we're talking about, um, Doug, can you help me? We're talking about the, this whole year, the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's been a good year. It's been a good year learning who the Holy Spirit is. And uh, as we are going through this most recent series, uh, Discovering the Holy Spirit, um, many of you may have heard of David Platt. He's a, a speaker. I believe he's out of Tennessee, maybe. Uh, but he's written several books, uh, The Unknown... Uh, uh, forgotten God, the Forgotten God. He's written different things, different books on who the Holy Spirit is, and so a lot of resources have come from uh, some of the writings that he has done. But in our denomination, our yearly focus, and I, I say this every week, but our yearly focus in our denomination is um, the transforming power of Jesus, and he does that through his Holy Spirit. And so we're taking this year to understand uh, not only how the Holy Spirit equips us, we're being equipped with the theology, which is the biblical teaching, but also how we're being empowered, the practice, being spirit-led, how to pray for people uh, when people have issues going on or need healing in their life. That's that empowerment where we can lay, the hand, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We are taking, um, I guess the word that I've been using is kind of an academic approach, these last couple of weeks and, and the next couple of weeks. And you have to understand, when I say academic approach, um, I don't want to say I didn't like school um, because I did like school, but I'm, I'm not... Okay, no jokes, all right? But when it comes to up here and, and processing and learning a whole lot of things in school, quit shaking your head, Doug. I, that kind of stuff doesn't like, you know, I want to be with people. I enjoy the relational type of thing. But when it comes to studying books and all that stuff, that's just not my cup of tea. Right, Doug? Yeah, exactly. I'm a party guy. Well, I wouldn't even say I'm a party guy, but uh, I'm a people guy. I, I enjoy being with people. So, but I also understand the importance of being a book guy. And understanding who the Holy Spirit is, because here's what we've understood over the last uh, few times that we've, we've been together. If I'm all about just the uh, empowerment side of who the Holy Spirit is, uh, without the understanding, the, theologic, theologically, see I can't even say it, the, theologically, who He is, I can get off into a world of hurt. I can get off into a world of emotionalism, and I don't want to do that either. So we have to have this proper balance, and so that's what we've been doing this year. Well, what we're going to do is, where we left off last week, I'm going to kind of pick up there for the, probably the first quarter of what we're talking about today, and then we're going to change gears just a little bit. Um, last week, I wasn't quite able to get through where I really needed to get through, um, and so I don't really want to rush this either. But today, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, who He is, His humility, His authority, and then we're going to get into uh, the whole how He worked in creation. 
And so that's where we're going to be today. And of course, your uh, handouts that you have there today, I provided those because with this study, there are so many scriptures that we do not have time to read through all of them just in the Sunday morning setting that we have. So I'm going to be reading a lot of these scriptures. They're there on your sheet. Um, so I encourage you to go home this week and read through those. Some of those we'll read together. They'll be up on the screen. Um, some of those will be, but not all of them. So if I'm rushing through, it seems like I'm rushing through some of the scriptures. Well, I am. But I wanted to provide that for you so that, again, you could study it out uh, yourself. So that's what we're doing today. We're talking about the Holy Spirit's humility, authority, and creation. Now, we covered last week how the Holy Spirit is fully God. I mean, we, as we were just even singing the most recent song here, um, Father, Spirit, Son, whichever, yeah, the last one that we did, there was a song, there's a part of, part of that, that, that verse that's in there that Father, Spirit, Son, we understand that's the Trinity. Um, we understand that God the Father is God the Father. We, we kind of know who He is. We understand it through Scripture. Jesus is God the Son, and the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're all God, so we understand that they're equal as well. So here's what we want to bring out. The Holy Spirit is fully God. He is not a lesser God. When we view the Holy Spirit as a lesser God, that's heresy. Have you ever heard of that word before? Somebody call you a heretic or somebody? That's false teaching. The Holy Spirit is fully God. He knows the heart of God. He is God. He's part of the Trinity that makes up who God is. So we understood last week that the Holy Spirit is, full, uh, is uh, fully God. He's not lesser uh, in that sense. What we're going to look at today, though, is the function. of. We're going to continue to look at the function of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where we can get the idea that the Holy Spirit is lesser. And so... What I don't want to happen, again, we want to be theologically, I can't even say the word today, theologically, we want to be theologically sound people in how we understand the Holy Spirit, because when we understand Him properly, then it allows Him to work through us. And uh, as you well know, we don't do anything in this earth without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is um, not a lesser God. While the Holy Spirit is not subordinate in His essence, who He is, He is subordinate in His function, what He does. And I want to show you two ways of that. First of all, we see in Scripture several times where the Holy Spirit assists the Father. He assists the work of the Father. So does that make Him a lesser God? No, it just makes it lesser in or maybe, maybe uh, how, he, how He's humble before God with His role. It's within His function that He's subordinate. Genesis 1-2 proves that. That's the verse that talks about the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered uh, the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over uh, the surface of the waters and then God began to speak forth some things and how He did that was through His Holy Spirit. So he was assisting the Father in creation. So his function was an assisting role, but he was still fully God. Does that make sense how we're saying this today? Psalm 33, 6 uh, backs that up. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and the stars were born. Now we're going to get into just a little bit here how the Holy Spirit, one of the ways he takes on Life, I guess you would say, is he is the breath of God, okay? So he's assisting in those roles. The Holy Spirit not only assists the Father, but his job is to exalt, exalt Jesus. 
He exalts the Son, Jesus. We get this from John 16, 12. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, now who's the Spirit of truth? It's the Holy Spirit, okay? When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. And here's, this is point number two, verse 14 is, He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. Now that's Jesus talking. So we see that the Holy Spirit, in His subordinate function, exalts Jesus. That's what he does. He leads us into truth. So the truth that you are receiving from the word of God today, it is me speaking, but the Holy Spirit is sealing that in your hearts today as you read through this. But the whole purpose is to bring glory and honor to the person of Jesus Christ and who he is. He wants us to know Jesus more than we want us to know Jesus. And so he comes along aside of us and he says, hey, I'm going to show you why it today. This is who Jesus is. So we want to open up our spirits. We want to open up our hearts. We want to open up our ears so we can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today through his word. And he will exalt Jesus. There are many religions that do not exalt the name of Jesus. And I can tell you that the Holy Spirit is not part of that. A third, the, the third member of the Trinity, the third person of the Trinity. He, he's not a part of that because he's going to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus. Here's how he does it. He exalts Jesus in the scriptures. Um, 1 Peter 1 verse 10 through 12, If you'll, basically what that saying is, the Spirit pointed... Uh, pointed out to the prophets to search the coming Messiah, Jesus. So, okay, hold on real quick here. We're starting to uh, get our Christmas on, planning, planning stuff, right? We're going to hear some more stuff about this coming up soon. Isn't that crazy? We're, we're about to do the Christmas stuff. As we get into the Christmas story, we will see in the Old Testament that there were many foretellings of who Jesus was going to be, the Messiah, Many foretellings. And so what First Peter is saying, he's, he's basically uh, saying how the scriptures and the prophets, uh, the Holy Spirit was active then telling the prophets, this is what the Messiah is going to be like. So that when Jesus came, they knew it was him. Unfortunately, some of the religious leaders had their blinders on. They didn't want to accept this particular Jesus that, that was being revealed to them. But that's what he does. In scripture... Jesus is exalted because of the Holy Spirit. We'll see some of that as we get into our Christmas message in a couple months still. He exalts Jesus in salvation. John 15, 26, the counselor will testify about Jesus when Jesus sends him. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 18 talks about how we become like Jesus after salvation because of the Holy Spirit's work. We don't want to be the same kind of person a year from now that we are today. We want to grow in godliness. We want to grow in knowledge of who Jesus is. You know who helps you with that? God, the Holy Spirit. He does it. God helps you in that. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. So while he is not subordinate in essence, he is subordinate in function because he's submitting himself to the work of the Father. He is submitting himself to say, all glory goes to Jesus. Why do we praise and lift up the name of Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit directs us to do that. It's His function. It's His job, uh, if we want to say that. Um, and, and by the way, we cannot come to Jesus without the drawing of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you in this just for a moment. Many of you have had people that you have prayed for 
for years and you're wondering why they're not saved yet. And you're thinking, well, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to hear this today. Allow Him to continue to do His work in their lives. Because people can resist. We can resist the Holy Spirit. We've studied that this year, just a couple weeks ago. We can resist Him. We can say, you know what, I don't want that work in my life. But the Bible encourages us to continue to pray because it's the Holy Spirit who draws people. While those people may be putting on a hard front saying, you know what, I just don't know about that God thing. I just, I don't know about that. I'm not, nope. Fairy tales, nope. The Holy Spirit is still drawing, so keep praying. That's what He does. He draws people to Jesus. You would not be in this place today, speaking to believers, without the drawing of the Holy Spirit. That's the work that he does. He exalts Jesus. And I'm thankful for who he is. Can we just take a moment in your words and just express your praise to Jesus today? Allow the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we love you today. And we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your Holy Spirit that you have given to us that draws us to exalt the name of Jesus. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for wholeness that you've given to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. That was the Holy Spirit just now, praying through you. Allow him to do that. Let's look at his authority for a moment, the Holy Spirit's authority. First of all, he makes his presence known. Now, we all know people, when they come into a room, they make their presence known uh, you know who I'm talking about, right? They, they, don't, they, they can come in late to a party and everybody knows that they're there. Um, one of my mentors, Dale Jenkins, my mentor, he taught me this uh, as we were raising our children and working on our own selves, but we never enter a room mouth first. Think about that for a moment. Never enter a room mouth first. What is that? Well, you come into a room, you're like, hey, I'm here, what's going on? Well, as soon as you walk into the room and it's a very somber moment, you know, there's just somebody's just gotten bad news, but you've entered the room mouth first. So we want to we want to be able to understand that, you know, that, that we got to be careful not enter a room mouth first. However, the Holy Spirit in a room of people, he will make himself known. The Holy Spirit in a room of one will make himself known through his presence. Numbers 11, verse 25 and 26. This is the, the story that talks about how there were 70 elders who were present. The Holy Spirit rested upon them, and they all began to prophesy. And they were speaking the words of God. How did they know it was the Holy Spirit? Because the words that they were speaking were words of Scripture, words of encouragement, words from God at that moment. Now, when we come into a room together and somebody gives a particular word that they feel is from the Lord, there's something in your spirit. You just know that was God. The Holy Spirit will speak and make His presence known. Not only did this happen in the Old Testament, by the way, notice that that happened in the Old Testament. We're familiar with how the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, what we're about to read here in just a moment. But the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament, all right? Acts 2.1, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Okay, say we're having a meeting and we're praying at this moment and we're saying, Holy Spirit, will you visit us in this place? And all of a sudden you see flames of fire that appear to be flames of fire resting on each person's head. That would be a little 
let's just be, it would be freaky, wouldn't it? But there would be a settling presence of the Holy Spirit at that moment because it would be the person and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit making himself known. I would say that's a good example of the scripture that we just read of the Holy Spirit making his presence known. We, a few weeks ago, we heard from Dean as he was over in Niger and heard some of the stories. The Holy Spirit made his presence known. How does he make his presence known? Through signs and wonders. He makes his presence known through things like, um, I have a specific word that I feel, Lisa, that the Lord wants you to hear, and that rest or whatever it may be. The Holy Spirit makes his presence known to us. He makes his presence known. So this is his authority that we're talking about, okay? And that's these specific things that we're talking about. But the word of God being proclaimed, the word of God going forth in these moments, the authority of the word of God. So he makes his presence known. He also makes his power known. Now, this is more what I was talking about with Dean. Hebrews uh, chapter 2, verse 4. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit wherever he chose. He made his power known. How many of you have felt the power of the Holy Spirit before in a service, in your physical body, through healing? Right? We've got some people who've said, yeah, I've, I've felt that before. I want to bring this up for a moment. This isn't part of my notes, but um, I had this thought this morning as I was just, you know, in here praying and preparing before everybody got here. And um, I went back to many years ago when I was a little kid, and I remember seeing people come up for prayer and just like they were falling out. Like, man, are these people falling asleep. In my kid mind, I thought that was going on. And there was this phrase that was used called slain in the spirit. And I didn't understand that as a little kid. And, um, you know, there's times where as a kid you would kind of mock that or whatever you would think, eh. But here's what began to happen as I began to understand a little bit more about that. When we understand the power, I want you to get this in your head for a moment, the power of God. The Holy Spirit showed me one time, these physical bodies cannot handle the power of God. Cannot handle the power. And when we come into His presence and He is, in a specific way, making His power known, People were just now, and I understand this too. Maybe you grew up Pentecostal as well, and you understand there were people who fell out every Sunday, and it was just part of what they did. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when people encounter the presence of God, and you read about this in the Old Testament, where people they would just fall face down before the Lord. That's what we're talking about. The presence and the power of God. He makes His power known. There's times in a worship service where I'll see you come up and you'll just have to kneel at the altar. You know what I think that is? That's the presence and that's the power of God making Himself so real in your life that you're like, I just can't stand anymore. Not because you're tired, because you sense the weight of the glory of God. I want to encourage you something. Can we be responsive to that? Be responsive to the power of God. When Instead of resisting who He is, and you're, you're just sensing a weight, not a, not a heavy weight, not a burden type of weight. I'm talking about a weight of glory. That if you feel that you have to sit down in your seat or you have to get on your knees, that you do it. Because the Holy Spirit will make His power known. There's a couple other scriptures there. The things that we do, we want it to be biblically based. Otherwise, what does it do? It gets off into emotionalism. And, and I've seen that. You've seen that too. You, you've seen that as well. 
but the Holy Spirit will make his presence known. He will make his power known. Thirdly, he will make his purpose known. Acts chapter 1-8, we could all quote this from, from uh, memory, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here's the purpose. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. Yesterday, um, we had some family that was in town. We got to spend all day with them, and it was a really good time. And uh, we watched uh, some football and, and different things like that with the family that was in town. And uh, later that evening, I had, I had a whole bunch of sticks that had fallen from Michael that came through. I'm like, I'm going to go start a fire. I mean, what guy doesn't like to start a fire, right? So we all get down there, and, and this huge bonfire is going, I've made fire. You know, you're excited about that. And um, so the fire started going down, and, and I had to make sure that these people knew who Jesus was. Because they were family, yes, because they were people. And so that day we had, uh, we, we get along really good with this particular side of the family. And, um, and so they were there, and we were talking about, um, that day we had talked a little bit about politics, a little bit about sports. Those are things you don't talk about without an argument happening, right? But we managed to get through it, you know, and it was good. It was very positive. It wasn't, yeah, wasn't any of that stuff. And, and I said at the, at the lunch table while we were sitting there, and I said, and by the way, a little bit later, we're going to talk about religion. Because, you know, those are the three things. Uh, you don't talk about sports. You don't talk about politics. And you don't talk about religion at family gatherings. But we got down there, and it was a very natural thing how the conversation just occurred. And I said, hey, I just got to make sure. You and Jesus, you're good. You just kind of brought it out, right? And I said, and I said let, me, let me explain what I, and it, we got into some other conversations and everything. But I wanted them to know God's purpose for their life. That was a move of the Holy Spirit. It was a move of the Holy Spirit. And, it, and now it didn't seem like it. We were gathered around the fire. We're just kind of talking, shooting the breeze, enjoying family. How about you and God? It was a great conversation. He will make his purposes known. Also, you'll see in Acts 13, 2, where, where the Holy Spirit says, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. I want to talk to you just for a moment about your purpose. And this is a question I get a lot from people. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what my purpose here is on this earth. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Just ask Him, what's my purpose? And he will tell you because scripture says that this is a job of the Holy Spirit. And that is to reveal the Lord's purpose specifically for you as well. Pray. Listen, get with other believers. Get with your leaders. Hey, what do you see as my gift? What do you see as a strong suit in my life? What do you see as, you know, my... Often you can look at someone's personality type because God's given you personality. God's given you various gifts, all these things. And the Holy Spirit will point out what your purpose is. I love that about the Holy Spirit. He will do that. He will make His purpose known. He will make His purpose known uh, for your life. So now that we've seen that the Holy Spirit, or who the Holy Spirit is, and what He does, all these other things, uh, He is indeed God. I want us to look at the work He does throughout history when it comes to redemption. Everybody knows what redemption is. That's bringing mankind back to God. Uh, I was reminded of this last night, that the Holy Spirit was at work in the lives of some family members for redemption, for making sure that they knew who Jesus was. Throughout history, the Holy Spirit has been at work. When you came to Jesus, the Holy Spirit was at work 
in your life. Wyatt's given me permission to tell this story, and I tell it kind of often. But it was no secret that Wyatt moved from North Dakota, no secret to the Holy Spirit, got a job at Penske Racing where he would meet Eric Palmatier and probably several other people along your path throughout time to time where Wyatt would end up here at Abundant Life, give his heart to Jesus, and now he's on purpose for God. That's how the Holy Spirit works. From people that are on total opposite ends of the United States, not total opposite ends, but pretty far apart, you know, God brings people together. How God would one day point me to start this racing ministry thing with a friend. How Danny would work for Dell Earnhardt Incorporated, and then all of a sudden that kind of fizzles out. But the people go to Stuart Haas and they say, hey, Danny, come work with me. We would link up together. He would start coming to the Bible study. He's like, hey, I need a church. Come on to my church, Danny. Now he's doing some ministry leadership, one of the head ushers, very involved. His resume is growing just through Abundant Life. This man can pick up sticks, saw trees, lay concrete. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be building a ramp for Miss Jimmy, who, by the way, is home from the hospital. Real quick, she was really weak. And from Tuesday to this past Tuesday, they drained 30, listen to this, 30 pounds of fluid from her lung area. What? No wonder she was not feeling well. But she's home now. She's still weak. Let's keep praying for Miss Jimmy. But um, anyway, so D- Danny has added to his resume it was a work of the Holy Spirit. So what is Danny's purpose? Man, it's, just, it's serving the church. It's serving people. It's loving on people. You are not going to come through the door without getting a handshake when it's Danny's week, you know, getting a hug. Miss Joe's going to get an arm unless I beat Danny out there to get Miss Joe to, to, to assist her up. Danny is a helper. That's who he is. That, that's, 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 that's who he is. God is at work throughout history. To bring us together. So it's not just about abundant life, though. I want us to look even further back. Now, over the next couple weeks, here's what we're going to look at. How he works in creation, how he was present even in the fall of man, uh, then through redemption, then through the consummation, which is how the Holy Spirit brings our salvation to completion. Uh, and of course, we know that growing in godliness. So today, all we're going to look at as we kind of shift gears here is the Holy Spirit and creation, because uh, he was present. He has been present. He has always been. When did the Holy Spirit get invented? He's always been. Why is that such a difficult concept for us to understand that God has always been? Well, God created time. Before He created us, there was no time. I mean, He's just always been. It's difficult for my finite mind to think about no time. We are bound by time. You know, you have an appointment and somebody is going over a little bit and you're, you're looking at your watch, aren't you? Why is that? Because, because of time. Um, you're, you're stuck in traffic and you've got another appointment to get to. There's a wreck in front of you and you're thinking, oh, great, as opposed to, Lord, help those people. We're all great because why? We're bound by time. So that's why it makes it difficult for us to understand that he's always been. But the Holy Spirit is God. He has always been, always been. We read earlier in Genesis, when we opened up the scriptures today, we opened up the, service, the, the, the teaching part, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, in the Old Testament, you will read where the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God. Quite often, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God came upon them. The Spirit of God was in the place. That's the Holy Spirit. 
There are two key truths about the Holy Spirit in creation. First of all, the Spirit manifests the presence of God in the world today. When you are sensing the presence of God, it's because of the Holy Spirit, because of His work. Why am I teaching us this today? So that we understand who the Holy Spirit is and what He does. Man, He draws us. He, I remember, I just keep thinking of all these examples. You know, Ella Kate's here with us again today, and Grandma and Grandpa are here, and, and Mom or Dad. Man, do you remember that night in the hospital? Uh, several times, there were several visits in the hospital, weren't there? When she was first born, and there was worship services going on, just there in the room, we could sense the Holy Spirit. Then when she was getting her heart transplant, man, there was a peace of God in the room that night. He was making him he was making God known the peace of God which surpasses all understanding to guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Some of you today you need peace in your home. You need peace in your life, you need peace in your workplace. The spirit of God manifests the presence of God in the world, in your world. He has full participation in all of Scripture, but He has particular application in the New Testament. I just want us to understand this today. We think a lot of the Old Testament beginning in the book of Acts. He's in the whole of the Old Testament. He is in the whole of the New Testament. When God's Word was written, the Bible says this, that they, these men who wrote, they were inspired women, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's always been there. He manifests the presence of God in the world. He is working in the New and Old Testament, but particularly in the New Testament. The Spirit displays the power of God at work. I was referring to this a little bit earlier. The Word of God, everybody hold your Bibles. The Word of God is His almighty speech. I haven't heard from God in a long time. Here's what I tell you. Open up your Bible. Begin to read. Holy Spirit, will you speak the words of life to me today? The Word of God is His almighty speech. The Spirit of God is His almighty breath. When we read in Genesis, when man was created, the Bible says that He breathed into man, uh, breathed the breath of life into man. He became a living being. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, uh, this was before the book of Acts. I think this was in John. Anyway, he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now that was before, you know, the whole Acts chapter 1 and 2 type of thing that was going on. Jesus breathed upon them. So the Spirit of God is his breath that gives life. So Spirit of creation, the Spirit manifests the presence of God in the world. The Spirit displays the power of God at work in our world today. So I want us to look at three themes on your paper. Look at three key themes regarding the Holy Spirit in creation. First of all, the Holy Spirit creates. That's like pretty simple since we're looking at Holy Spirit in creation. Well, He creates. You'll see in John, which we've already read, uh, Genesis 1, 1 and 2, and John 1, 1 and 3. That's the count of creation. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. In the beginning, John and Genesis tell a very similar account there. He works with the Son to accomplish the will of the Father. Again, you see the Trinity at work there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works with the Son to accomplish the will of the Father. Um, I love Colossians 1.15. I want you to listen really close as I read this, okay? Matter of fact, um, underline that one on your paper, and when you get time, underline it in your Bible. But it says that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. 
Think about that for a moment. Christ is the visible image. He was man. He came to earth as man. So he is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. We're talking about Jesus here for a moment, okay? For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So this says that through Jesus, God created everything. Well, we also just read in Genesis where the Holy Spirit was there. So we see that point. The Holy Spirit works with the Son to accomplish the will of the Father. He gives life to all creation. Psalm 104, verse 27. They all depend on you to give them food as they need it. Can we just stop there for a moment? Thank you, God, that you provide for us. Thank you, Lord, that you provide for us. I want you to think for a moment for all that God has blessed you with. Because it's easy to think what we don't have. Am I right? Think of the different things I would like to have. But man, when I look back and I see what I do have, what God has blessed me with, life, salvation, my family, my home, my church, family. Man, He's given me so much. But here... They all depend on you to give them food as they need it. That's life-sustaining energy, I guess you would call it, food. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand to feed them, and they are a little bit satisfied. No, it says they are richly satisfied. But if you turn away from them, they panic. Think about people who don't have the presence of God in their life. Think about the time when you did not have the presence of God in your life. Think about the time even as a believer, and and we've all been here, this is not a condemnation thing, but we're living a life of panic and turmoil. We need to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit back into our life in those moments. Because what this says right here, if you turn away from them, they panic. The reality is, does God turn away from us? Well, when we're in moments of sin, God cannot be in the presence of sin, right? So it's really us who are turning away from Him. When you take their breath, they die and return again to dust. When you give them your breath, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. God gives life to creation. He gives life to you. Genesis 2-7, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Before that, he was just a clump of clay, dust, he gives life to all creation. So the Holy Spirit creates. The Holy Spirit sustains. Oh, I love this one. You ever needed to be sustained? In the moments of uh, trial, in the moments of what's going on, I just need you to sustain me, Lord. How does he sustain? Well, he is the divine orderer. Now, apparently, orderer is not a word because it underlines on my word document. Okay, but we just made it a word. He is the divine orderer in the sense that he puts things in order. Is your life a life of chaos? Do you know people whose lives are just a life of chaos? And man, why is this not? Why does it always seem? What is, I want to encourage you. Holy Spirit, would you come into this chaos and bring order? Genesis 1-2, the Spirit brought cosmos out of the chaos. That's a big statement. Think about this. What is the cosmos? 
It's outer space. It's the planets. Looking at my Star Wars people here. We know about the cosmos. Maybe some fictional planets in Star Wars. But hey, we understand that the universe is big. The universe is huge. But the Bible says this, that it was chaos. And God spoke and it was the Spirit of God that began to create. And out of all this chaos became a cosmos, which, be, which became order in this moment. We have planets that go around the sun. We have our planet that if it were just to... Brandon could tell you a lot more about this than I could because he's the science guy, um, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But if we were just to shift a few degrees, we would either freeze or burn up. But the Holy Spirit is the divine orderer. He is the divine preserver, which kind of goes along with orderer. He preserves our breath. You'll see that in Genesis 6.3. You'll see that in Job 27.3. That talks about the breath of God that is within me. Uh, and there's times when I just, I'm at this moment where, God, I, I, need, I do, I need you to get me through this season of life that I'm in, that you would preserve my life. David prayed that a lot. If you feel that you're in a moment where you just, God, I just need you to get me through this. First of all, God has more plans for your life than just getting you through something. He does want us to thrive. He does want us to bring honor and glory to his name. But in those moments, he preserves. He also preserves, uh, I think there's a scripture that talks about preserves for the day of salvation. You know, he's holding us together. He's holding creation together. He's got you. He has got you. He preserves our spirit. Psalm 51.10 through 12. It's up on the screen. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit. See that word? Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. The New Living Translation kind of nails it there. Make me willing to obey you. He preserves our spirit. I felt as I was preparing this, I, I, I heard the Lord speak this, and it's for somebody, maybe a couple of somebodies. Don't let go of God. You feel like you're at the end of your rope? Hold on. Maybe holding on by your thumb and your pointer finger, or, or Mama Lee may just be holding on by your teeth, you know, get the picture of holding on to that rope. Because here's the thing, God is holding on to you. We feel like we're just holding on by this. We feel like we're just holding on by the skin of our teeth. But God is holding you. Restore to us the joy of our salvation and make me willing to obey, to, uh, obey you. Don't let go of God. Hold on to Him. He's holding on to you. He's also the divine provider. We've seen He's the divine orderer. He's the divine preserver. How He preserves our breath. He preserves our spirit. He's the divine provider. Nehemiah 9.20 tells us about how God provi provided the manna and the water. Of course, you read about that in the book of Exodus as well. You read about that in the New Testament as well. All the time you see where uh, God is reminding the people that He provided for them. God is your provider. Is that Jehovah Jireh? There's a name in the Old Testament. Jehovah Jireh, He's my provider. 
God is your provider. What is it that you have need of from God today? Allow him to provide that. Now, this is talking about physical things, you know. We've, we've all been there. If you've lived life long enough, you've been at a point in your life, most likely, not everybody, but most everybody, where you're like, God, I don't... Have you ever been in a place where, and I'm being real, Mom, we experienced this, didn't we? Where's the next meal coming from? We were there growing up. But I saw in my mom someone who held on to God and there would be groceries that showed up. Just out of nowhere. You know, time when, uh, man, I don't remember what happened with this. There's a lot of things that mom shielded us from, which I'm very thankful for, <laughs> you know, because that just shows the strength and trust that she had in the Lord. There was something that happened, and, you know, being a single mom as she was, um, and having to try to get on her feet after being a stay-at-home mom, you know, now all of a sudden you're the provider. Um, I just remember there were times that we would need something, and mom would say, boys, let's just pray. And I think now that I'm older, I fully understand that quite a bit more, even though I didn't understand at the time. But it did show me that God is the divine provider. Not just physical things. Maybe it's answers that you're waiting on. God, can you, I need an answer. Can you help me with this? Let me say this too. Don't get impatient with the process. He is the divine provider. Thirdly, he governs. God controls nature. You'll see that in Isaiah 40. He guides history from generation to generation. Isaiah 34 talks about Psalm 143.10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your glorious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. He governs. Can I step on your politics just for a moment? Is that okay? I think this is something the Lord has revealed to me in the last couple of years. Because, you know, I like to listen to talk radio and... I don't listen to it as much as I used to. I don't watch the news as much as I used to. I'm not, in, I'm not not informed. I don't know if that was grammatically correct. But I'm not not informed. I am informed on what's going on. But I've gotten to a place where I don't trust my politics anymore. Because if I trust my politics, I'm trusting in man. I don't trust the Democrat Party. And I don't trust the Republican Party. But here's what I do. I pray for them both. Because it's the Holy Spirit who governs. You know, well, how in the world could the Lord put our last president in? How in the world could the Lord put our current president in? Or the last president was the greatest thing? Or the current president is the greatest thing? We need to pray that God guides them. I love it that we've had a Democrat and now a Republican president because when I use my examples, I can, I can step on my politics. I can step on your politics. God, would you lead us and guide us? Because here's the reality. God raises up leaders. And sometimes if there's a bad leader in place, it may be to draw us back to God. So if you think our past president was a bad leader or if you think our current president is a bad leader, Holy Spirit, may we get on our knees and pray that you would direct the steps. But may we look to you and not look to our politics. 
Obama will not save us and Trump will not save us. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. President Obama could not save us and President Trump cannot save us. But I will pray for both of them. Whoever's in office next, we're getting ready to go into the political season, so it's good that I'm bringing this up. We must pray, church. We must pray. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. But we're going to pray. Because what my Bible tells me is that the Holy Spirit governs. How in the world did the people make it through, the Israelites make it through Pharaoh? You think we have it bad the last 12 years? You think we have it bad the last 30 years or however long you think our politics have been bad? (laughs) Maybe forever. How did they make it through Pharaoh? They learned to rely on God. And I'm not saying don't go vote. We've got a responsibility to do all those things. But we must understand it's the Holy Spirit who governs. Lord, will you put your people in place? But before that, God, will you forgive us? Will you forgive the church and heal our land? So pardon me for stepping on your politics. Pardon me for stepping on my politics. Right? It's not just a you thing. This is a where do I put my hope and my trust? It does make for lively family gatherings. <laughs> But how much more when we can bring it to who the person of God is? Amen. As we're closing out today, can we just stand up for a moment? I don't want you to disengage, okay? So just stay engaged here for a moment. Normally when we stand, it's like, all right, he's done. Let's disengage. Hang with me just for a moment. I want to ask you this. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today about your place in history? God, what am I supposed to be doing? Can we follow the example of the Holy Spirit? He was humble. He submitted his plans and himself for the work of the Lord and fulfilled that. Um, Can we submit ourselves uh, in the sense that God help us to do your will? Lord, may we exalt Jesus in the role of the Holy Spirit's authority. Holy Spirit, will you use us in situations to help make your presence known, to help make your power known, to to make your purpose known? Now, understand this. The Holy Spirit is powerful enough. Does He need us? Well, no, but yes. We're the people of God. And He's empowered us, right? He's empowered us to go make disciples, be witnesses, Lord, may we accomplish your will. Wherever we go, can we bring the life of the Holy Spirit into those situations? Holy Spirit, will you sustain us? Can we be a sustaining force as we take the Holy Presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit with us into work, into our family, to our neighborhoods? Will you preserve our spirit? Lord, may we trust you to provide for us. It's easy to get to a place where, I, okay, maybe if I just did this, maybe if I just did that. Well, God will give you wisdom on what to do, right? The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Well, there's, I know there's certain situations where you can't work, right? But God still provides. He makes a way. Will you be the provider? And Lord, will you govern? And that is govern our place in history. What would you have us to do, Lord? Govern the United States. Lord, we thank you for our leaders. We may not always agree with them, 
but God, will you guide them and may they be responsive to the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the day, that we would be drawn to Jesus and his rule and his kingdom. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today about your place in history? Are you a believer? I want to ask you this. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior and you don't have that sustaining power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the provision uh, that He offers, the pointing you to Jesus, maybe you're sensing today that the Holy Spirit is saying, today is the day. Now's the time for you to turn your life over to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to respond today. How I typically do that is just if you'll lift your hand, I'll know who I'm praying for. Anybody you say, I need to give my life to Jesus today? The Holy Spirit's drawing me. Anybody at all? Anybody? Do you need to be sustained today? You're not experiencing the order. You're experiencing the chaos. Hey, we've all been there. There's no shame in that game. Right? But the Holy Spirit has provided a way where you don't have to live there. Allow Him to guide you today. Do you need, do you need Him? I want everybody to hear this. Do you need him to show you how to make Jesus not only the Savior of your life, but the Lord of your life? You know, Jesus can be your Savior and not be your Lord. What do you mean by that? Well, he saved you, but yet you haven't given everything over to him to say, God, will you lead me and guide me? We just, Sarah, thank you for choosing that song today. Lead me, guide me, draw me. Allow Jesus to be your Lord. It's a life of surrender. God, what would you have me do? I've tried it my way. It's not working. There's three areas of response today. Are you a believer? Do you need to be sustained? Do you need him to show you how to make Jesus not only Savior, but Lord of your life? Larry and Gail are going to be up here at the front. They're going to close us out in prayer here in just a moment. And if any of those things apply to you, I want you to respond today and come up and say, hey, I need, first of all, I need Jesus or chaos is part of my life right now and I need the Holy Spirit to intervene. Or you know, I've, I've tried enough on my own and I need Jesus to be my Lord. And the Holy Spirit will show you how to do that. Larry Gale, will you pray us out of here this morning? And I want you to respond to the Holy Spirit. If you need to take just a few moments to lift your hands to the Lord today, I want you to do that too as we're dismissing. Larry Gale.